Hello, everyone, and welcome to Homing. This is a podcast about the Enneagram. We are your hosts. I am Bella. And I'm Emily. And we are so, so thankful that you are joining us. For starters, I would like to thank the XN team, specifically our friend Jackson, for editing our episodes for us. He's doing a fantastic job, and we genuinely just appreciate him so much. Yay, Jackson. Uh, But today's episode is just another super exciting episode. We're talking about the second intelligence center, the head triad. Um, And we're going to be unpacking three other types. Specifically, we're going over the basic principles of type 5, type 6, and type 7. Again, we have a lot to go over today, but it's going to be such an exciting episode, a lot of good stuff. We're learning a lot today. We are learning. Last week, we brought up this idea of the heart, head, and gut triads, and today we're going to be focusing specifically on the head triad. So, Emily, can you please start us off, discuss a little bit about what the head triad is? Yes, absolutely. So, just to recap, the intelligence hunter is the core lens in which we take in the human experience. So last week we talked about the heart triad, um, and today we're specifically going over the head triad. To unpack that a little, people in the head triad have highly developed mental awareness that they use to assess everything that they have experienced. So when we talked about the heart triad, they are very emotional based. This one is more of a mental base. They view competency as a key for stability. And through mastering their environment, head types are able to secure their own self-preservation. Head types are afraid of their own pain. Um, They feel as though they are unable to emotionally engage in their pain. And because of this, they minimize their pain at all. So they don't feel any. Five try to reduce their pain by uh, masking it as illogical. Um, Sixes consider their pain a threat and will destabilize it. And sevens are concerned that their pain will limit their freedom. Head types quiet their inner distress in effort to create external peace and security. So with that rough overview of what the head triad is, let's hop right into the first type. Bella, please introduce us to the type five. Yay. Okay. So type fives are the first we're going to discuss. Fives are known as the investigator. They are analytical, detached, private. They're extremely intelligent and incredibly perspective. And these types tend to prefer to observe life from the sidelines and interact with the world inside their own minds. Because of this, they develop an expertise in very niche areas and possess an ability to remain detached and unaffected by their emotions. And fives are motivated by a need to gain understanding, gain knowledge, to conserve energy, and to avoid relying on others. So the five's basic desire is to be capable and competent, and their basic fear is being helpless, incompetent, and incapable. Fives wing to either a type four or a type six. So a five with a four wing is a little more sensitive, creative, self-interested, and often empathetic. They're independent and they don't often know how to channel their own emotions and they would rather do it alone than in a group. So the connection between a four's energy and depth of emotion helps fives become more tender and less emotionally guarded. And then a five with a six wing has more fear that plays into their lives. Um, They're more anxious, kind of skeptical, but they're also a bit more social and loyal. They're more relational and can often be a little less socially awkward or even um, be a little skeptical of others. 
Fives grow into a type eight and they stress into a seven. So when a five stresses into a seven, they will hoard and cling tightly to things. And oftentimes they tend to hoard and cling tightly to their time and their energy. And this takes their attention away from the needs of others and they focus more on themselves. That's kind of what we were talking about when we said self-interested. They can become disorganized and distracted and they're still living in their heads, but they're not thinking as clearly as before. And then when fives experience growth, they grow into a type eight. And that's a huge step. When a five grows into an eight, they become much more spontaneous and outspoken. And they become much more confident and more present in everyday life. And again, we're going to bring up this idea of virtues and holy ideas. Um, So the five's virtue is detachment, which is kind of a weird word, but hang with us. I'll just explain it a bit. Um, And their holy idea is transparency. So fives are desperately searching for this idea of transparency. They want to see and understand that there is unity around them. And they achieve this by resting in their virtue of detachment. That means detachment and having an unbiased insight that is not clouded with emotions. Um, That's kind of wordy and confusing, but hopefully that kind of makes sense to you guys. Um, Emily, will you talk to us a little bit more about this idea of a childhood wound um, for fives? Yeah, absolutely. As kids, fives had a parent that was a little bit more intrusive. Um, And because of this as a coping mechanism, fives took refuge in the realms of their mind so they could hide from their overbearing parent. As kids, fives were curious, full of imagination, and they enjoyed being alone. Um, They were usually quiet and pretty self-contained, and they learned how to take care of themselves. This kind of comes from the idea of the desire to be competent and the desire um, to be capable. Mm -hmm. The deadly sin of a five is avarice. This isn't a super, super common word, um, but what it refers to for the fives is the fives desire to protect what little they already have instead of desiring to collect more. They can begin to be afraid that they what they have won't be enough. So fives will hoard their own resources. And part of their resources are like their time, energy, personal information, and so on. Why? What's like our favorite thing about fives? Why do we love fives though? Oh, okay. So we love fives because underneath... Um, the shy and reserved front that they can often put up. They are incredibly kind-hearted people, and they're so loyal, and they're so supportive. Um, They're also just incredibly intelligent people, Mm -hmm. and they desire to know so much. And it's just, it's honestly really encouraging. It is. It's conversations with them sometimes are just so, like, mind-boggling because they just know so much about everything, and you're like, what? What? (laughs) It's it's super great. It's awesome. We, We love them. Yeah. Okay, Em, will you talk to us a little bit about sixes now? Yes. Sixes are known as the loyalist. They are committed, they're practical, and they're witty. Um, they're the worst case scenario thinkers and they're motivated by fear and the need for security. Uh they want to be prepared and have everything all thought through and all the outcomes of a problem, but in doing so, they are so very protective. But they're loyal and curious, um, and we just we love sixes. We love sixes. A six's basic desire is to have security and support. Um, they want reassurance and like to have predictability. Uh, their basic fear is to be without that support or to lack some sort of guidance in their life. A six wings five or seven, um, and sixes with a five wing are focused, they're cautious, they're rational and detailed. Um, these types often to appear kind of remote and detached. 
They see themselves as very faithful, knowledgeable, and intelligent and brave. They desire alone time a little bit more, and this can often hinder their anxious feeling. Uh, when a six wings seven, they're energetic, impulsive, and witty. Uh, these types are they're more casual, a little bit more warm, and relatable. They're entertaining and playful. They don't completely step away from that anxiety, though. Uh, they tend to always have a backup plan from every adventure that they plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, sixes, when it comes to growth and stress, they grow into a nine and stress into a three. When a six grows into a nine, their previous pessimistic and fearful attitude, uh, kind of melts into one that is more relaxed and optimistic. Uh, they stop planning for the worst case scenario and feel less anxious about life in general. Um, they begin to be a little bit more flexible. They, they're, they're a little more lighthearted a little more energetic and empathetic. Um, they can believe that everything is going to be all right. Yeah. And this is super, super important for sixes because mm-hmm. of just the anxious mindset that they tend to have. Mm-hmm. Um, and when a six stresses into a three, they suddenly become more competitive and arrogant. Um, often they'll take the role of devil's advocate. Uh, they can become workaholics who pursue success or hoard resources for themselves. They won't try anything that they're not going to be successful at. Mm-hmm. Um, Bella, can you talk about more about the virtue and holy idea for sixes? Yes. So the virtue of a six is courage, and the holy idea is strength or faith. So sixes are desperately searching to reclaim the sense of faith and courage. Um, and really, sixes can only do this when they finally learn to rest in this idea that God is the only thing in which their heart can finally find this sense of security that they're really, really longing for. So we see part of this come out um, as kids. Sixes learn to worry very early. Um, they were good listeners and very good followers, and they followed every rule and really enjoyed group activities. Um but they tended to be a little bit more hesitant and they would want to watch others participate in an activity before doing it themselves. Um, and this kind of feeds into their sense of like worry and wanting security. Um, a six's deadly sin is fear. And we say fear because what a six really experiences is anxiety. Um, anxiety is vague. It's kind of free floating sense of apprehension that arises in response to an unknown or potential threat, but it may never materialize. And these anxious worst case scenario thoughts aren't just when life isn't going smoothly. It's also when life is going smoothly. They seem to live in this state of anxiousness. And you often hear sixes talk like they have like the devil on their shoulder constantly saying, well, what if this goes wrong? What if this goes wrong? What if this goes wrong? Um, And that's kind of where we see devil's advocate come from as well. Um, But the thing is, sixes are some of the most loyal and supportive people you will ever meet the thing i love most yeah the thing i love most about sixes is they will follow you to the bottom of the ocean and they will not even stop to ask why you're going there until you get there and they're like wait why are we here like they they trust you and they are loyal they have your back without any questions asked which is so important so true bella so can you tell me a little bit about my personal favorite type on the Enneagram. <laughs> Why is that your favorite type, Emily? Because it's my type. Emily's a seven. Yeah. 
I feel like people may have been able to tell that by your voice so far on the podcast. Maybe. (laughs) I'm really curious if they're going to like pick up on what our types are by just how we like carry ourselves. They know now. They know now. So yes, Emily is a seven. Um, So our sevens are known as the enthusiast. They are fun and spontaneous and adventurous. They love anything new and unusual and they naturally cheer people up uh, that they're around and they're quick to make people smile or laugh. Um, and they're motivated by their need to be happy, to plan stimulating activities, and this need to avoid pain. Um, so sevens have a desire for options, flexibility, satisfaction, and contentment. And they want their needs fulfilled. Um, there's this need for optimism and positivity in their life, which is so great. Um, but they also have this need to avoid boredom, sadness, and anything negative so their biggest fear is being deprived or in pain and they never ever want to feel limited or restrained um sevens wing to either a six or an eight and sevens with a wing six have this desire to be kind of eye-catching um they're exciting they're curious they're very bright and alive and also very witty um these types have a bit more relaxed um feel to them and they're a little bit more settled in themselves um But they do tend to seem a bit more anxious, but they often use this um, and kind of twist it into like this charm or humor to mask these anxious feelings. Sevens with uh, eight wing are much more free spirited. They are passionate. They're adventurous. They're very intense, strong, and they're incredibly loving. Um, They're very bold and persuasive and they're playful and having a good time is just as important to them as having this sense of power or control. Um, when we look at sevens in growth, sevens grow into a five and this once like gluttonous and scattered uh, mentality of a seven, um, they have this ability to focus and become fascinated with life itself rather than having this need for the next thing to be planned. They stop consuming and begin contributing to the world and they become comfortable in solitude and become more serious and that we really see the the growth into a five in that. Um, when a seven becomes stressed, however, they stress into a type one and they can become very pessimistic and judgmental. Um, sevens can easily become critical and perfectionists and they take on this very black and white thinking. The holy idea of a seven is wisdom and the virtue is sobriety. And what this means is um, there will be so much growth for sevens when they finally realize that um, this idea of, of spiritual growth and wisdom only comes from a disciplined sobriety rather than constantly getting high on new ideas, new adventures, or new options. And as kids, sevens often felt overwhelmed or abandoned with, and without support. Sevens grew up in their heads with strong imaginations and curiosity. Uh, In the book Road Back to You, the author says, Curiosity defines sevens, which is part of the gift that they are to themselves and to the world. But boundless curiosity is also part of the problem. Rules are necessary, but seven kids find them insufferably limiting. Yeah. Uh, A seven's Dudley sin is gluttony. Uh, And it isn't necessarily about fondness. Um, It's more about overdoing, constantly seeking uh, stimulation, and the compulsive need to devour experiences uh, and stimulating ideas and material things. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of because of this, they're usually not present, but always looking to the next best thing. Uh, They're daydreaming about what's to come and not focused 
on what's currently going on. Yeah. And with this said, though, the thing that we love most about sevens, I have so many amazing sevens in my life. and It's me. I'm the amazing <laughs> seven in her life. You, you are one of them, yes. Um, but the best thing about sevens is they have this overwhelming capability to draw joy out of any person and any situation. They're so fun and incredibly happy to be around. And they teach all the other eight types the value in this joy and i love that so so much about we, sevens we really do be loving sevens <laughs> just gas yourself up <laughs> i will like i literally will <laughs> i love oh, it okay all right well y'all that is that's all we have for today that's it folks that was that was a lot of information we hope you enjoyed learning a bit more um in depth about these three uh head types and next week we're going to be covering our last three types yay which is so exciting i'm pumped um but yeah thank you guys so so much for listening it really means the world to me and emily um that you guys listen to this and that you guys enjoy it and that's all we got we'll see you guys next week Woohoo! bye bye <laughs> Get a sip of water, put get some, some chapstick water. on. Get some water, get some get chapstick. Some wa- water. Get some water and some chapstick. Water. <laughs>